3: lottery Lottery players are subject to ohio laws and commission regulations please play responsibly
4: you're listening to black girl blueprint
1: because black girls did it first and honestly better period period Hi, everyone, and welcome to Black Girl Blueprint, your fave podcast for all the Gen Z Black girl tea. My name is Lauren. And my name is McKean. And thanks, y'all,
4: for tuning into today's episode. We have a great and so, so needed conversation lined up. I feel like today we're just talking about practicing joy. And I feel like, you know, in these times it can be so hard and it's Mm -hmm. something that we all like want to do but it can be really difficult to like think of how we're gonna do it so today we have a very special guest with us miss Mena zell and she i'll let her introduce herself real quick so Mena, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about you
3: for sure thank you for having me guys um my name is Mena. i'm 22 i'm from atlanta what else? Um, oh, I graduated with my degree in journalism. Loyal and thank you, um, Loyal <laughs> and Marymount in LA earlier this year. Um, and right now, I work
1: in skincare and editorial. And yeah, that's basically me. We love that to come through college grad. We love that for you. Yes, mm-hmm. here I am struggling with my classes right now, wishing that I was graduated, but it's okay. <laughs> Amazing. We're so so happy to have you. Like the king said, this conversation. I need it because it's been a week and you know just let's talk about some joy. Let's talk about some happy things, why we need to practice joy more often. So there's a very nice conversation lined up today that I'm really really excited about but of course we have to do our segment that we always start off our episodes with. So McKean, let's do the Read the Room. So what are we talking about today? Yes,
4: so for anyone who might be new, Read the Room is the segment we start every episode off with. We sometimes read ourselves in our own personal lives. We like to read Twitter, specifically Black Twitter, because I mean, I don't know the other side, but we will talk about, you know, the different happenings on Twitter, different happenings in our personal lives and different things that you guys might send in. But today we are talking about some pop culture and there's a few things on our little Read the Room roster for the day. But Mm -hmm. first, we're just talking about like some new music releases that we might be loving. I think there's been a lot of drops lately. For me, I, I mean, I feel like I might be taking y'all's, which I hope not, but I mean, I hope you guys have some other ones. <laughs> because for me, it's definitely a scissor drop. Honestly, I have not had the mental energy to like, listen to the new albums that have been coming out. I'm gonna get to them, but the Hit Different is still sustaining me for right now. So that's mm-hmm. what I've been on.
1: I love that song. How about song. you, Mena? <laughs> um,
3: definitely Hit Different. I found this uh, mix on YouTube today. That's like just the intro and like that bit of the song that's at the end. I don't know what it's yes. called, but it's like a loop of that, and it's so wow. good.
4: Wow, send me that link.
3: I absolutely <laughs> it. Put it in the chat. We need that, for sure. It's like 15 <laughs> minutes. I can't like believe I found it. But aside from that, um, Jhene Aiko's Tiny Desk, I watch it like mm.
1: three yes. times a day,
3: every day. It came out <laughs> a few days ago. Like last a week, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And then today I found, there's like a Blood Orange remix of um,
0: Ooh.
3: Borderline Ooh. by Tayden Paula and it's so good. It's like seven minutes. Ooh. I love long songs that I can kind of just like vibe out to. So those Ooh. are my top two
1: okay period Period. well I mean McKean did take mine with the SZA we did we do be talking about hit different and SZA every week we literally (laughs) mentioned SZA like once an episode Um, but the visuals I still I can't stop get over that video I love that so so much something I didn't know because I feel like maybe it's just my TL that wasn't talking about it but apparently Bryson Tiller dropped a new album and I heard absolutely nothing about it was it good or was it not good because I haven't listened to it yet but I've heard nothing about it
4: Girl, I don't, this might be a hot take, but I don't have plans on listening to it. (laughs) I didn't even like Trap Soul like that. I'm sorry. I didn't, I don't, we might have to edit this part out. That was, I know people are going to try to come for me, but like, it just didn't do anything for me. Like, it was good, objectively. (laughs) It wasn't a bad album, but it's not like, ooh, let me go re-listen and listen again and listen again years later. Yeah, so honestly. I heard that Bryson dropped, and I kind of was like, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, Meta, did you not like Drop Soul either?
3: Um, I, it's not that I didn't like it. I think I just like, didn't. I don't remember listening to it all. Like, it's in entirety. <laughs> I think I listened to a few songs. So I knew that Bryson dropped, and today I was like, maybe I should give it a try. And I don't have anything against him. Okay. Period
1: yeah (laughs) Lauren's like
3: okay I'm like
1: all right no because that was like an era for me like I don't know maybe it's because I might have been dating a DJ at the time but I like I was hearing I was hearing Trap Soul like all the time like (laughs) all those songs don't ingrained in my mind I swear Mm. but yeah other than SZA I, I don't haven't been listening to any like new releases lately I think for me like once I find like three songs that I enjoy I just listen to those three songs every single day so
4: yes
1: (laughs) Hit different has been one of them this is a our queen but on the music topic though new releases also new artists as well Mm -hmm. we want to talk about the XXL freshman class you know yes where should we start how should we work into this conversation you know I think Mm. before we before we get into the <laughs> one that we maybe don't like so much in that XXL freshman class, I feel like we need to give um I think we prefer Chica her props. Like she's so yes, so we do. good. She yes. body like Stan Chica for Clear Skin, she is absolutely amazing. And I think she's so so awesome. And like she deserves more credit. Like Honestly. Gee,
4: verb. And honestly it's a it the crazy part to me is the fact that like XXL always does these these um ciphers as if the women aren't going to body everybody else on that stage and I'm just kind of like how are you going to only add two women and then the rest of the list is trash like Period. I would like to be impressed and I don't know if you guys saw that ugly video of that like white boy it was this TikTok, and he was like rating all of the xxl site people like one to 10 and from the jump like before the video even started like the only places that were filled on his list were nine and 10 and it was it was Mul- Mulatto and Chica as nine and 10 as being the worst ones. And then he like, he didn't even talk about them. He just like built up the list. And then Chica, I think quoted him was like, oh, okay, so you know all about hip hop now. So I was just like, you know what? That's when I realized oh, that
1: them God. cyphers aren't even for us. They not for I'm me. Good. I'm good. <laughs> not a white man thinking he deserves an opinion. I'm deceased. <laughs>
0: for real. Good.
4: I can't. But yeah. Okay. So let's get into the real. T right Uh, the other woman on the stage miss mulatto herself
1: how do we feel how how does audience how does the audience feel about let's all take a sip i feel like Mena has the right idea (laughs) about no okay the con the controversy i think what she got called out for first was that name and i don't know who on the pr team was like Oh yeah, like we're gonna run with this. Like this, this is gonna get them. Everyone's <laughs> gonna love this. Like I do not think that that would be controversial. I also wonder if she even like understands. It's either she didn't take the time to research like the historical of like where that term came from, or she heard it and she just doesn't care. And I'm not sure which one is like worse because it's like, come on, sis. Like do your research. Get it together. I don't know For real. that. Uh. I,
4: and then I think the second part of the tea, and then we'll then we'll discuss thoughts just to give everybody the full information. Uh-huh. I think the second part was there's this video of her getting her wig done, or so she's getting her hair done or her face done or something like makeup wise, not like surgery wise. But mm-hmm. um, I think the, her hairstylist, who might also be her friend, I don't really know all the details, but in the video, she's like making fun of her hairstylist and she calls her, um, she called her her little orangutan, and she also then said, "Did she say like her coochie is Burned well or done or oh burnt yeah. or something?" What? Yes, literally mm-hmm. in the video, and it's like laughing. And then the woman, the other woman, her the hairstyles who question marks around friend, was like not laughing at all. And it was just like, you know, it was just like rah. come on. <laughs> so thoughts, thoughts on the name, thoughts on the, on that video and everything. Mm-hmm. Around Miss Mulatto herself.
1: Oh, Mena, what do you think? Um, I don't know. I mean, like,
3: I wanna I wanna give her the benefit of the doubt. And you know, maybe this is like a like we're reclaiming the term.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um I don't know. I don't wanna come for like, another black woman in her primes for a lot, a lot of like the benefit of the doubt. But when it comes to like calling your whether or not that's your best friend, like I don't think it's okay to call anyone an orangutan, especially like considering the like the implications of that. And like mm-hmm. a lot of people have long right. gone to like monkeys and gorillas and orangutans, and, like those kinds of things. And like juxtaposing the name mulatto with the action of calling someone darker than you, or comparing someone darker than you to an orangutan, or just literally calling them that, i it doesn't seem right. Great.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's
4: don't feel real. Right with me. Are we still, I'm still like, it's tough, and I hate it. I hate it when things like this happen because literally, all I want to do is throw my support behind every young black woman mm-hmm. rapper out right now. But it's like, dang, like first of all, that's just a problem. Like you, as we said, we don't we don't have to believe it because we all know why it's an issue. But mm-hmm. even like with the name thing, it's just like. I'm gonna tell myself that it's a a reclamation thing. Whether it's justified or not, I don't even know if I can speak on that because I'm not of mixed race myself. So I don't know that, like I don't know who has the right to say what on that.
2: Mm -hmm. And you know,
4: just like we've reclaimed other words, I guess technically other slurs can be reclaimed, but it's also giving like those people who are are mixed race and like put it in their bio, like I'm biracial. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i'm just like okay you know what <laughs> that was that was the brand to build like that was where you wanted to start but you know i'm not gonna hate i'm not gonna hate on to lighter things though onto lighter spirited things because at the end of the day this is an episode about joy and we're not gonna uh-huh. let anybody take our joy so we're gonna talk about some other black girls kind of killing it in the game right now so i know a couple weeks ago now zendaya's like iconic emmy win i'm Mm -hmm. like imagining that picture in my head or that like video of her when she like found out that she won that literally probably brought me so much joy when i saw that on the timeline Mm
1: -hmm. and
4: also like yara shahidi being our new tinkerbell which Mm -hmm. is major so those are some other pop culture things to definitely celebrate to any thoughts on those or any like any reactions or funny tweets y'all saw about that
1: I just think it's beautiful. I mean, not really a funny tweet, but I did see the tweet being like, This Emmys has like the most black actors who were awarded like, you know, Emmys, and there was only seven of them. And I was like, Really? <laughs> I was like, this is this is the max here. But i I was really happy for Sende. I like I said that video of her so wholesome with her family and they were also really? so excited. I remember there was that tweet where people didn't really understand what the upset word was. Or whatever so everyone thought people were like mad but it was like actually no that's a that's a technical term no, that was hilarious but yeah I'm just really I'm happy for them I'm proud of them we also talked about Marseille Martin getting her show on Quibi which is really cute so here for that here for her here for the black girls doing their thing I stand 100% yeah for
4: real literally that's it you said it all that's it there we go all right so let's get into the joy shall mm-hmm. we So first, we want to talk a little bit about you, Mena, and we know that you are the editorial and special projects coordinator for Youth to the People, which is like major. Congratulations. We know you're doing big things over there. So tell us a little bit just like about your work with them. I know this was, I think, your first job after graduating college So like what tell us all about that. What was that process like and how are you enjoying it being there?
3: Yeah, so I this is my first job out of college. First of all, I feel so so blessed and so grateful to even like have a position period during this time. Like, and love something that I love and something that I studied is just like the icing on the cake for me. So, um, basically, what I do is like coordinate stories around like skincare, culture, community, that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I started interning at You to the People in January of this year, and then. I don't know, something in my spirit was like, This is it, this is gonna be your first job after graduation. So I just kinda like went with it. And then I got hired full time in July.
1: Yay! So, yeah. I'm glad. I'm so so happy for you Thank to you. have that job and to be doing something that you love straight out of college, I think, like you said, is a blessing. It's also just I don't know, it makes my heart really full for you to have that like opportunity with the skincare. I mean your skin is glowing but this is a podcast, the people can't see it, but for real. If, if, if anyone's write about skincare, <laughs> I will hear it from you. So I love that Thank for you. you. <laughs> Also, we wanted to talk about this platform that you have on Instagram called Black and Joyful. Just tell us all about it, honestly. I want to hear all about, you know, the purpose behind starting this platform, the type of content that you post, the inspiration, why it's important. Just give us the full rundown of Black and Joyful. For sure. Um,
3: it's kind of a long story. Like Black and Joyful wasn't always what it is now. First of all, it would literally be nothing without like the work of the creators and people that every post. So it's really Mm -hmm. not about me it's about like what everyone else does and just like the art and like joy and everything that other people are producing um so basically i grew up on tumblr like from 2011 i think i was like 13 and that was like my first the longest like standing platform i've been on really um and so tumblr is like i spent all my time like on there scrolling through all these beautiful images of people but they were always white people. And if they were black people, it was like few and far between. And I was like, oh my God, a black person like doing something beautiful, you know? So it's partly inspired by like just always wanting to see more beautiful images of black people and just wanting to be able to curate that for myself and also for other people that are interested in seeing it. But it started out, so basically like my senior year of college, I was doing like online DJing for this radio station at my school. And right before so I knew that I was going to do it like at the end of my junior year. And I was like, oh, it would be cool if I had an Instagram page where I could like share playlists and like share like mood boardy type things because that's what the other DJs would do. So I made this page called Moods From Heaven. And it was called Moods From Heaven because of Benna. And in the Bible, God sent manna from heaven to feed the Israelites. It's like this bread, like a heavenly bread in the Bible. Um, so I was like, oh, it's a cute little play on words. So I did that and then I... Like around December of last year, I kind of just got bored with it and I was just like, whatever, I'm done. Like it didn't really feel like there was much of a purpose to it anymore. Like I stopped DJing. I was just like, the pandemic hit. It was like a lot, there's like a lot going on. And then I think like May came around and of course like May is when we saw all these racial uprisings and then like a lot of white people just started realizing that like, a lot of white people just started realizing what we knew the whole time. Mm -hmm. I think there was one day I was on Instagram and I was just like going through stories and someone had reposted um, the video of George Floyd being murdered and it was like the most gruesome thing I'd seen and like to this day I can think about it at any given moment like it was just so like I don't think there's ever an instance when we need to watch the life drain from someone's eyes like it's just so horrible and so
0: Mm.
3: it kind of got me thinking about like George Floyd wasn't the first person that I'd been that I'd seen murdered by a white person like it's kind of just something that we have grown up attuned to, like, we know what happens and like, we always see it, I think. Like, right. even if you don't like visually see it, you see like the effects of it online. Um, and I guess it kind of just got me thinking about like, how awful it is that white people need to see it to wake up to it. And I kind of about, like about like, what does that do to us when we always have to see it and we always know it's there, but like, we need video footage to plead to white people and like for white people to wake up. So I don't know. I kind of just, and this is also like around the same time that like Instagram activism was really flaring up. Like everywhere I looked, there was a new graphic online and I was just right. kind of like, well, I already have this page and like, I already like doing this. So I might as well just make it a little bit more focused.
4: Period. I, first of all, like, I totally understand the like hesitance around like platform. Cause it's such a weird word. And sometimes when you're doing the work that like, you're doing for yourself that other people just also happen to need. It doesn't feel like a platform or like even like labor in that way. So I, Mm -hmm. I, I feel that 1000% and also like kudos to you for doing the work that we need because literally I love when I see a black and joyful post on my timeline. It's like, so the concept is I, now that I hear you say like that it grew out of your love for Tumblr, like I, I get it. It makes total sense. And honestly, I think that's why I stopped using tumblr and like following all of those like you know cutesy like pages because it's like I, I'm i a person who like likes that type of aesthetic but it's like you don't see anywhere where it's black and if it is like you said that it's like one black girl in like every 50 posts and it's just like you know what I'm through I'm over it so thank you for doing what we need so I we all appreciate it for real and I think also like what you said about that moment you know in June of this year and like when George Floyd's the the video of him being killed was everywhere and like that's a moment that like that was one singular moment but like we've felt that so many times like I think maybe Trayvon Martin was the first one that I remember but you know the next part in our conversation was sort of thinking about like navigating fatigue and like navigating grief and I think is there there might be an actual term for like trauma fatigue I think but really just like the feelings in especially in moments like these and I can't even call them moments because they are really all the time but like thinking about how can we practice joy when it kind of feels like we're in constant mourning you know and like Mm -hmm. You know specifically before we get all the way into that like i'm thinking most recently about the brianna taylor case but specifically the brianna taylor verdict which was maybe a week or two ago now when you know they decided that nobody would really really be charged at all like the charges were really kind of just like a joke you know what i mean like the the officer that was that killed Breonna, like. I forget what he was charged for, but it was like equivalent to like shoplifting. So it was kind of just like one of those moments of many where it was just, you know, it felt like you know that like you I don't even know how to describe that feeling but I'm sure that you guys know what it is like when you first read or like when you first open Twitter and you don't expect to encounter like something so jarring and it's the first thing you see and then it's like all in your timeline and it's like kind of like you can't even go on social media now without avoiding XYZ news like whether it's the Breonna Taylor verdict or like whether it's news about George Floyd or the, you know the countless other moments like that so mm. I'm kind of like I'd kind of you know f- with a focus on Brianna Taylor but just generally like what does it feel like to us you know as people who consume such frequent like so consume so frequently like different forms of media whether it's the news or whether it's social media mm-hmm. on different platforms like what does it feel like to to encounter like to, to really watch your people be harmed in such mm-hmm. explicit ways and like you know, it's a really hard question. And I'm just curious, like, what are those thoughts and like, how do you guys even react in those moments? Like what are the steps that you've learned to take? Like for me, I know it's always a like dang again kind of thought. And then it's like, okay, like I need to turn this off. Like, and I just can't, like, I don't really want to talk about it anymore. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. I know I have to, but I don't want to like, this is exhausting. It kind of changes my whole day. Like, everything is up and like, you know, it, it really does put a, I don't want to call it a damper, but like, it really does switch everything up and it's always happens when you like, don't expect it. And it's never a surprising feeling, but it's like a, a feeling like of like, Ugh. but like, I wasn't really expecting this to happen today. I knew it yeah. would happen, but like today, but then it's also like, but when, <laughs> you know, like so, every day. right. So like, what are those moments like for y'all? And You can think about recent ones or past ones.
1: I think for me. I think you hit the nail on the head when you, you know, talked about like the kind of that heart sinking feeling. I think that's the best way to describe it. In Bahamian slang, we have a phrase for it called like your belly breaking down, which is sometimes mm. used like humorously. Like if you see someone like cheating on you, you're just like, oh, my belly broke down. But I think that's like the best way to describe it. Like I feel like physically. I think like sick almost sometimes and it's like you see these images and I think something else we wanted to talk about was like the influence of social media on this but I think for me you know I keep thinking about how accessible social media makes this information I think on one hand of the social media it's like okay now we have like these videos and you can see these gruesome acts like taking place like you 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 can't you're so connected to it in the sense that like all of that is right there like in your face like i think before social media especially twitter was so you know popping and all over the place like you would hear about these things on the news and you would read about it but you didn't actually see the violence and you didn't actually see it and i think that makes the trauma feel so much more painful in that way to actually see that suffering taking place and i think because social media is something that pretty much everyone our age like consumes on a day-to-day basis it's like you can't escape it after that you know what I mean and I think for me especially as someone who is kind of like a content creator who like uses social media kind of like as a job or whatever it's not like I can just turn my phone off and then just be like okay I just won't encounter that it's like no I need to be on social media and even more than being on social media I also kind of feel a sense of responsibility to have to like speak up about this now and kind of like give my take or like, you know, mourn collectively online. And I think, I don't know, I feel like it's so much, it's so, not necessarily so much pressure, but it's just so like heart-wrenching sometimes. Like you said, like, it's not necessarily that it puts a damper on your day, but it's the kind of thing that you're like, damn, like not again. Like, why is this happening again? Why, you know, do we have to suffer? And I feel like, especially these past couple months, it's, it feels like it's been like back to back to back and we don't get any break. And I feel like in those moments, it's so much more difficult to see like collective joy amongst black people, because it's like every, every minute there's something else that we're like mourning about or that, you know, we're raising awareness about, or that we're like, you know, fighting for literally like the right to exist. And I think all of that is just, I don't know, seeing the Brianna Taylor verdict, uh, my, that just ruined my, my whole day, that day when it happened. I think I didn't even have, Any words, I think I was like speechless in the sense of like, I saw a tweet that said, you know, the first tweet I saw was the one about how a black woman can get shot literally in her bed in her sleep and still not be seen as the victim. And then there was another one that was about he got charged for the bullets that didn't go into Rihanna Taylor, because I think what he actually got charged for was like, like negligence or like the bullets could have fired and hit someone else. And I'm like, how are you charged for the bullets that didn't go into the person that you killed? And that was mind-blowing to me. And I don't know. I think things like that just, they wear you down. And like, they make you can like feel it physically. So, I mean, I could rant on about this all day. But I think, yeah, for me, it's just, it's very, it's painful. And it just, it it drains you sometimes. Yeah,
3: yeah I totally hear you on like, the physical effects. I feel like the day that I found out or like I think it was like a Wednesday Mm -hmm. it just felt so deflating like that's the only word that I can describe like I don't know I didn't it's not like I usually feel full of life every day which sounds Mm -hmm. like kind of depressing but (laughs) but like there was something about that day that I was just like damn like you can literally just be in your bed and that's the thing about this whole case is, like, you really don't have to do anything. Like, even just sleeping is enough. Like, and it just... I don't know. Something about this case just felt so cut and dry. It was, like, this woman was literally just asleep. And they fucked up. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Literally. So, it, it... I don't know. It, it. Like, it doesn't... I don't have words to explain how much sense this doesn't make. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I feel mm-hmm. like just going back to the whole like social media thing, I think now like anytime I log in to social media at all, it just kind of feels like I'm consenting to just like updates. I think like when I, when I'm like opening the Twitter app or like opening Instagram, I'm kind of just like, okay, whatever you see could like fuck up your mental for the rest of the day. If I need to take time out after and like do things to fix myself and like go outside and remind myself that I'm a person again. That's been my new thing lately since like working mm. so much is just like mm-hmm. stepping outside and feeling just like connected to something besides Mm. an electronic and it just like it doesn't fix anything that's happening but I find that like going back to whatever I was looking at before just feels a little bit
4: better yeah I think that was that one of the questions we had listed was like is it even possible to be which should The question should really be, is it possible to be on a person, be a person and use the internet in a way that is not traumatizing? But, you know, the particular question here is like, is it possible as a black girl to be an active participant in this world of the internet in any capacity, whether you're a content creator or just a content consumer, I guess? Like, mm-hmm. is it possible to be that and not and be traumatized, like on the regular? Mm-hmm. And I don't actually even know if I have an answer to this question. I think I've been really, like, sort of with social media and, like, I guess
0: a conversation. I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories.
1: I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was
3: masterfully designed.
0: New episodes available now. Subscribe to the Perfect Scam podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: About joy at large and not really just about trauma, but like, I'm very adamant about like, I'm not going to follow you if every time I see your post, I get annoyed. Or if every time I see your post, I'm like, kind of just like, ugh, like, why did I, you know, like if, if I actually have a reaction to like any type of content that I'm seeing, whether it's from someone that I like, Know super well or not, like an unfollow is not personal to me, and sometimes it's necessary for like the sustenance Mm -hmm. of my spirit. So I feel like, especially with Twitter, like, and there's no way to hide, it's not like any like following fewer people protects you from like whatever conversations are just happening because a retweet can like whatever, like, you can't really hide. But I'm just so, like, especially I think in recent years, especially, but like this year, a lot, like, I'm so conscious of like what I consume and like how am I engaging with this and how am I allowing it to affect me and like I don't I know that we don't have complete control over social media but there are things that we can control and that can be really it sometimes it means like being really intentional about like who you follow and like I think that for me like I don't know again like I said that didn't protect me if you will from like hearing about the news or like trying to like hold it off for a more favorable time whatever that might mean but like it still makes it feel like you know I'm not I'm not encountering things from people who aren't feeling similar to me you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so like at least then like when I open my timeline it's not like I'm looking at a bunch of white people posting black photos it's like i'm looking at a bunch of black people post about the pain that i'm feeling also and i think that has been a really crucial shift for me like because like i remember when gosh i think i was in high school when trayvon martin was killed Mm -hmm. i remember being on twitter at that time like being the only black girl in my class and like logging on to twitter and seeing all of my white classmates like either be silent or like be kind of sus you know and that was terrible that almost made it worse like almost worse than the news to not at Mm -hmm. least feel like okay the wheel the way that I'm reacting to this right now is the way that other people are reacting also so I think for me like you know with the question of like can you use social media and not encounter stuff that is sort of going to increase like in the trauma that we already have I don't think you can I don't think you can completely shelter yourself from it but I think that there are perhaps like small ways where you can like be intentional about who whose content you allow yourself to access like whose content you allow to be on your timeline is something that we can control and that's all we can control really with social media and Mm -hmm. it's either like am I going to use it or not but like knowing that I'm going to use it like what can I do to sort of make it as pleasurable an experience for me as possible you know Mm -hmm. so I guess that I don't know about you Lauren. I don't know what what sort of techniques do you have, but
1: I think definitely what you said about the unfollowing, I think yeah, I'm the type of person if I don't care about what you're posting, I will not I will not follow you. Like you said, I feel like an unfollow doesn't have to be personal. But it's also like if I don't like your content, why am I following you? But I think the last thing you said is something that I've definitely like thought about and felt in terms of like to what extent is what we see online as sort of like collective mourning? And in what way does that almost help, I guess, or can that be helpful? Because I'm thinking about, you know, my timeline, I mostly follow Black people. And I feel like on one hand, that makes me a lot more likely to encounter like what's going on in the world because they're caught up on current events. They're going to be talking about it, obviously because this is something that's happening like in the Black community. But on the flip side, I think, if I had not been following those people, maybe I would have been less likely to maybe encounter that or have that all over my timeline. But then when I did see it, I wouldn't have those people to grieve collectively with me. So I think it's it's so difficult. And I was thinking about as you were talking as well, because I feel like in some ways, I get I get a sort of joy from social media. And it's the same place that I get so much trauma and pain. Like I keep thinking about there was one day where I saw a story That literally had the Breonna Taylor verdict. And I was like, damn, like, that's awful. And then, like, the next story I swiped to was like my sister posting a video of like my nephew walking for the first time. And I was like, how are these two things on the same, like, platform? Like, one just completely made my heart sink. The other one completely made my heart full. And I'm like, in times like that, I think about, and the next thing that I wanted to actually talk about was like taking breaks from social media and, like, you know, how to navigate that in general, because I'm thinking, like, do I do I want to take a break from social media and that because like that's where like my friends are like I Twitter gives me all the trauma but it also gives me all the jokes like Twitter's hilarious and like I want to be like caught up on current events I feel like it's you want to know what's going on in the world you want to know what's happening in pop culture it's like sometimes it feels nice to be in the loop and to be updated but at the same time like Mena was saying like you're kind of consenting that like something here might like really mess up your day so I don't know. I wanted to have a conversation about, like, taking breaks from social media and also kind of center that around, like, kind of the guilt that can kind of come with that, because I think for me, there are some days where, like, something awful will happen, and, like, I don't, like, have the space to, like, process it in that moment, and then I feel guilty because it's, like, I have a platform, like I should be talking about this. Or even if I didn't have a platform, like I should be speaking up. I should be like showing solidarity. I should be like talking about this, but like, how do you navigate wanting to like stay informed and also like be a part of like the movement, but also trying to like put your mental health first. Like, I feel like that's like the golden question of like, how do you do that? And I think, I don't know, there's so much fatigue there as well. Cause sometimes I'm like, I don't know like I want to talk about this I want to be there but it's like I need to take care of myself and I should not feel guilty about that but sometimes I do and I don't know I wanted to know what you guys' thoughts are on that
3: Um what immediately comes to mind I'm just going to be like a little bit cheesy for a second Um I'm almost positive McKean had something to do with this but I saw a post on Elaine Walters' Instagram and Twitter and it was about how like anyone if you don't help yourself first I think it was like something her mom Miss Deborah said it was her mom yeah I like I just think that's so true and that's something that my mom has like said to me as well and it's just kind of like to me there's I think everyone has like a place in I'm gonna call it, like I don't know I feel like everyone has like a place in the revolution right like there's not everyone can be doing the same thing or else you can't like function so I was raised quite religiously and like one of the like concepts is like the body of Christ and how like everyone fulfills like a different purpose and like everyone can't be the leg. Cause then who's going to be the arm, you know? And like everyone can't be the fingers cause then who's going to be the ears. So it's just kind of like, everyone has their own purpose and like their own, you know, like their own spot. But what gets me is when white people do their or did, cause I feel like this is all in the past. Like I feel like all their like Instagram, it really is. In the past, but like there was this time where it, people would like, repost stuff on their stories and then they'd be like oh i'm fatigued i'm so tired (laughs) like i've done my activism work and i'm really just so burnt." kind of just like okay you like there's a and learning about racism and all those things and i don't think that the same rules should be applied to people that have had to live through all of these experiences like i think that we have every right to be like easier on ourselves and like respect ourselves and like want to take time to be well and so I've been okay so I've been reading this book (laughs) when I say reading I mean it's been taking me months to read it but um (laughs) it's really good um bell hooks like sister it's called Mm. sisters of the yam sisters of of the yam you guess Um, and it's about black women and self-recovery and there's this one portion where she talks about how like within this like white patriarchal capitalistic structure like black people like the last thing that we're supposed to be is well Like, we're not supposed to, like, we're not supposed to be happy, joyful, like anything. And she says that, like, this culture makes wellness a white luxury and choosing against that culture and choosing wellness in order to do that, we have to be dedicated to truth. And I think that those two things kind of go hand in hand, like activism work and like anything related to advocacy is so, like, rooted in just, like, truth and like what we need to see and i think that in order to further that like at the same time we have to be willing to choose wellness for ourselves and in that it's also just kind of radical like even just the idea of taking care of yourself when the whole world tells you that like you should just be going 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 all the time like taking time to actually i don't know just like be good to yourself and like nice to yourself
4: that's real that's real and i think something that kind of came to mind when we were brainstorming and especially right now is like the concept of like the carefree black girl. And I think it's something that we, I myself have even definitely posted this before on my platform and maybe my personal page. And I don't know if I've ever really given enough thought about like, okay, why is it that the carefree black girl is something that, you know, we collectively think we should be, or like that, that's like the glorious way to be. And also like, what does it really mean to be carefree and is carefree like synonymous with joyful and i don't know that it is and i think like what you were saying about you know how do you balance being informed and being an active participant you know in the culture whatever that means with also caring for yourself and caring for ourselves and i think it's interesting i I think it's so interesting and so profound that bell hooks connects truth with that sort of self-care or like collective communal care. And I, I'm so glad that you said that because I, I feel like that's the best and most truthful way, at least for me, to to imagine like, what, what would a carefree black girl in me look like? Like, what would that actually manifest itself as in my actions or like in my day-to-day, like in what, how can I balance that, like being involved, being, you know, someone who is like a source of information, whatever that might be, in the in the movement in the culture in the revolution but also like caring for me and my friends like how do we care for ourselves and like carefree isn't the right word you know it really isn't in that like there's nothing carefree about that i don't even think that the truly most joyous person is carefree they just are intentional about like what they care about and i think i i don't know what the balance is between that you know i don't know you know, like, like both of you have said, but like, I think Lauren, you said something about how, um, you know, you feel guilty when you want to leave social media because you want to be involved and you want to be saying something and you feel a burden to say something, but you also know that maybe leaving social media is the thing that is best for your soul. So it's kind of just like, how do you balance those things? And I, it's hard. Like for me, I find myself in that position all the time. And I think, you know, whenever there are those moments of like, super like highly visible injustice, I'm always, I am always have this dilemma of like, what do I post? Because it's also like, I have black girl culture that is in some ways a, a place where people are getting information, but it's also like a refuge from the rest of social media for black girls. And so I'm always sort of trying to reckon with like, what do black girls need to hear right now? I don't know if they need to hear the stats on Brianna Taylor's case. I don't know if they need to hear like number, you know, the numbers or like the details about the protests, but I also don't know if they need to be reminded that it's okay to be carefree because I don't think that is also, you know, like I don't think that that's realistic. Nobody's carefree in these moments. Nobody's carefree really ever, maybe on occasion, but like it's not something that's sustainable. So like how can I speak to black girls in a way that is like affirming and but also informative but also like not a burden and not sort of contributing to the trauma that i know they're encountering on the same timeline anyways it's tough and you know i it's something i reckon with all the time like i always am thinking about this it's hard and it's it's difficult because like you said you know like we shouldn't have to be the ones but i also know that we often are the ones and then there's that question of like well if not us then who's gonna do it like who's going mm-hmm. to you know contribute to the conversation in the way that we need them to and it's I don't know it's a really really tough balance mm-hmm. it, I I don't have any like I don't have an answer I'm waiting on the answer I'll let y'all know when exactly I find one.
1: <laughs> no real that is so real and I think what you with the last thing that you were saying about like you know we're fighting for everyone like we're fighting for like it, it no if we don't do it then who's gonna do it and also like on the flip side like we're the ones fighting for just who's fighting for us you know what i mean and i think something that i always think about is like how there's so much responsibility placed on black women to be the ones who are fighting for justice who are hosting these conversations who are like you know the ones who are like trying to like make the difference or make the change and then I think about when it comes to like injustices that happen towards Black women, like no one's really fighting for us in that regard. And I think I think that's why I, this conversation that we're having for this episode is so important because it's not just about joy. It's about specifically like Black girl joy because we're the ones who are like facing the trauma, but also the ones who are trying to like, you know, heal trauma for other people. And I think that's just so much responsibility. And I think, you know, there is... I'm not exactly even sure how to say it, but I saw like a tweet somewhere about like how like men will come to black women to like be their healers or to like be their therapists in that regard. And I'm like, I'm trying to find mine. <laughs> exactly. <But> that's that's <laughs> the
4: thing.
1: That's the thing. Like, I don't know. I think when I think about things like that, it makes me so upset because it's like, so where do we go? Like if we're, who everybody else places their trauma on. We're supposed to heal other people. Who heals me? And I think that's, but that reminds me of the quote that we were talking about when we were brainstorming the Audrey Lorde quote, which is, you know, radical self-care is finding community. In terms of, and when I think about that, I'm thinking about, like, who is going to be there for me other than other Black women? And I think that's why in community, like, that part is important because it's, like, these black men they're the weakest links they don't they don't they're not going to be out here you know what i mean so for me i don't know there's the responsibility there but i think when i do feel the most joyous and when i do feel the most supportive like supported it's usually when i'm around like other black women whether that's my family my friends even uh random black women who hype me up on the internet like i feel like there is so much to be said there about you know, joy within the context of, like, community and, you know, Black women supporting each other. So I think that was my little take on, on what you just said. then I saw you. Do you have any thoughts?
3: You hit everything. That was okay. very real. I think, like, I don't even know how I'm going to... I don't know. I've been in that whole situation, the whole BSP, BS therapist, be his mom sister doctor all this you know and it's just like Mm-mm. no it's no <laughs> who's gonna be that for me like literally just who's gonna be that for me like and it was just kind of one of those things where i don't want to get too much into it but like <laughs> at, at the end of the day like you can't be everything for everybody and i had to just consciously be like i cannot
1: right
3: everything everything that like you want me to give you i need to give myself first, before, not even like me wanting someone to give to me, but like, I I can't be your therapist because I need a therapist. You know what I mean? Like I, it's just like that simple. So I think, yeah, I don't know. A lot of, a lot of like joy for me has come from just like actively choosing myself and not feeling bad Mm -hmm. for it at the end of the
1: day. Mm
3: -hmm. I'm so used to making decisions based off of like, well, what's going to be good for this person? Or like, what's ideal for that person? And at some point, I got kind of had to be like, okay, well, what's going to be good for you? Because at the end of the day, like, the only person that you're really responsible for is yourself. Like, I don't have kids. I don't have responsibility to anybody. Like, it's just kind of right me, me and myself and I. And I. It's just me and myself
1: Literally, I think in the end, yes, Sorry.
4: I think that's a beautiful way. As we like, kind of get close to the close of the episode to really just think about like, what do I do? The I like what do we do to bring ourselves joy and like, what does that mean? And I think, you know, what you said earlier, Lauren, about like, I really am most joyous when I'm with black women, even like I'm thinking of so many moments, like when I'm in public and I see a black girl that just like her, her edges are laid or like something her fit is on, like on 10 or, and, it's just those moments where like, I don't know you, you don't know me, we're never going to see each other again, but we're going to compliment each other and I'm going to feel better than I've ever felt because uh, the black girl just complimented me. Like, and I, I, I was watching, um, gosh, what's her name? I was watching Amanda Seals' um, <laughs> comedy special on, I think it's on HBO 10 out of 10 recommend, but she said, she had one moment where she was just like black girls compliment each other, like in a way that nobody else does. And they like, don't really say anything thing they just will be like okay hair or like okay polka dots or like we're just gonna call out the thing that we like and you gonna know what it means and I feel like honestly those are the best moments like whether it's my friends whether it's like the women in my family that I'm with whether it's like people random people like when the black girls just find each other at the function like all of those spaces are just like the most affirming because it's like, I know what we all had to do to get here, whether it's just like struggle about what I'm gonna put on or like gas ourselves up to get here, like whatever it is, like literally and figuratively, I know what it took for us to have these moments of joy. And that's why they're so like precious. And I hold them like, I, I, hold, I think of them highly because I think they they need to be thought of in that way. And they're so rare. And so, it's, you know, it's, it's just a beautiful thing when black people are enjoyed together and i love those moments so i feel like yeah things that i do to bring me joy obviously that hasn't it's been a minute since i've been in a group of anybody but especially black women so that's not a current thing but definitely those like even you know when i'm on campus going to Foss, which is like barnard's black girl group organization like those are the spaces that i'm just like it's like an exhale and a hug and it's just like this is the like this is all i need to be joyful you know what i mean but I mm-hmm. guess sort of like now that I've had to think about how to generate joy on my own while in quarantine, like you, can't, it's been a lot harder to rely on anything external in these times. And like, it really has been like, what do I need to bring joy to myself? Um, I don't even know. And like you said, Mana, I think it's really important for me, like, to just step outside like I, sometimes I'll just go stand in my yard I forget where I read this but I heard that like if you stand like barefoot on the ground outside for like a minute it's just like will make you feel better and then I tried it because I was like I like to be barefoot anyways like I hate stuff <laughs> so I was like I'm just gonna try it. I'm just gonna go stand in the grass and so we're just gonna see what happens and honestly I've been doing it a few times like not I won't say every day it's still hard for me to have everyday habits but pretty often, I've been going and, like, just standing in my backyard, barefoot in the grass, no phone, no, like, goal, no, like, nothing I have to do, but, like, I'm literally just going to stand here. I feel like, did y'all ever see that Timothy Green movie? I feel like Timothy Green out here, barefoot in the grass, but, like, I feel (laughs) connected to the world, like, and I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be, and I feel like it's those moments of, like, being grounded, especially when, I use social media for like a whole day and it'll just be like constant, you know, inflow of information, constant reminders of things. And I think it's those, finding those ways to be like, like, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is how, like, however I feel in these moments are valid. And like, I'm not supposed to be doing anything else. I'm not supposed to be doing anything else. But this is like those, those are, I don't know if that counts as joy, but those are my most sort of content moments, if you will. Mm. So how about, I forget who just spoke before me, but I think Lauren, maybe yeah. you, it's your turn.
1: <laughs> I'll go. No, I think, I mean, we've we've talked about, I think, I love the fact that we end our episodes with like the what's bringing us joy. I feel like that's always, I guess the highlight of the, like the episode, like at the end to just, you know, bring it all together. But I think some of the things that I've mentioned over the past couple episodes, just definitely the sun, like what you were saying about being outside. When it, gets, when it gets cold out here in New York, God better pray for me because right now I'm relying on that sun. I just go by the window. I just photosynthesize like a little bit and I just like let that recharge me for the rest of the day. But yeah, I've been listening to like more music lately. I think like, like I said, the three songs that I find that I really, really enjoy, I just play those on repeat, but they make me happy. I've started to get into cooking. I think basically these are all just like random little habits, but I think what they all boil down to is just me taking more time for myself so if that's just like maybe getting up a little bit earlier so i can make myself like a breakfast like mckean was saying in our like first ever episode about like that time for the skincare routine i'm doing yes. that now like i'm making yes. time for myself so i think Proud that of you thank you thank you my skincare <laughs> routine was tragic before mckean saved me um but yeah it's it's really about those moments where i just like you said, like you're not thinking about like that you should be doing something else in those moments. And that moment's just like being in the moment and doing something that brings you joy. So I think that's when I feel most joyful is when I'm taking time for myself and taking better care of myself. Because I do have a tendency to not take good care of myself. So if that's a good nap at like three PM on a Wednesday afternoon, I'm gonna take that nap and I'm going to feel rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. I'm going to feel great after I take it. So yes. It's what you deserve. Thank you, Queen. <laughs> three, two, three. <laughs> okay, well, as
4: we close out for this episode, I feel good. It was a dark moment. I was like, shoot, I hope this joy episode don't become something like, that could bring people pain, but I feel like we I, didn't we, do that. <laughs> we we but, brought um, it together in the end. Yes, so since we already covered like our normal closing question of like what's bringing us joy, we thought today we will just talk about like you know, some optimism, bring some optimism into the game. Like, what are some things we're excited about in our personal lives? Whether it's like something you might have going on next week or like maybe it's like six months from now, but you're still looking forward to it. Like, what are you excited about for you? Anyone? I'll go first. <laughs> maybe I'll go first. Shoot. Okay. I was hoping one of y'all would go first. <laughs> um, for me, well, low-key like a small thing next week me and my family are supposed to go apple picking so i'm very excited about that because i love fall and like all things outside so well not all things i don't like bugs but i do like apple picking and i'm looking forward to that um but i guess like maybe a little bit more major actually no i'm gonna leave it right there apple picking is the thing i'm most excited about I'm, okay. if i think of something else i'll come back
1: <laughs> period i think for me on Thursday, I'm meeting up with a friend. So since I've been back in New York, I haven't like gotten dressed up or like, you know, put on makeup, gotten like, cute, put on a fit, you know, whatever. So I'm doing that Thursday night. I'm going out to dinner with a friend and it's going to be fun. And I'm, I'm really excited to just like get off campus and just like, I don't know, have some time, eat some good food, like treat myself, be bougie or whatever. We're going to like a little rooftop. I'm like, wow oh, I, I invented luxury like look at me so i'm, I'm just you. i'm you just know. i love that for me so that's what i'm looking forward to this week Mena, how about you
3: um what am i looking forward to this week um oh my god what am i looking forward to yeah. <laughs> okay, like, struggling. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay oh so i think it's I think it's this weekend. Um, my friend Aisha is like gonna be a part of this panel about like mental health and it's with Maybelline and- period, uh, okay. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> it's Maybelline, um, So that's gonna be really cool. I think that's on Saturday. Um, and then yeah, I'm gonna try to get out of my bedroom this weekend. I spend a lot of time in my room because I work here and I sleep here. So I'm probably gonna like do a picnic or something with a friend
1: yes that's you don't, know that don't know she said cottage core. I love that for you <laughs> I love I that that was awesome yes okay. well
4: I'm glad that we ended on that note I feel like I feel fed by this episode so I'm grateful right. for y'all and... there was a little dark moment in there but we,
1: we pulled through you <laughs> no, know we had to we had to <laughs> I can't <laughs> <laughs> anyway um well, that's all we have for you guys today. Thank you so so much for tuning in. Special thank you to Miss Mena for being our special guest today for this conversation about joy. Like McKean said, I just feel I feel fed. I feel I, it was a good end to our conversation. I think we for touched real. on a lot of like important topics. We gave our like opinions, you know, our little hot takes. But at the end, I'm glad we like you know rounded it off with some things that are bringing us joy and making us happy. So I feel I feel good. I feel warm. Yes. So
4: yes mena thank you girl it's been such a pleasure i can't wait for people to hear this episode everyone mm-hmm. go check her out on instagram at Menazel, spelled m-a-n-n-a-z-e-l and at black and joyful and also you know make sure you tune in to next week's episode where lauren and i will be talking about music and you know just the music industry and like things happening over there we might have a special guest so we will keep you posted on that we will
1: let y'all know uh, make sure to keep up with us on Instagram at Black Girl Blueprint where you can send us any questions, any discussion topics for the Read the Room segment, all that jazz. Find us on Twitter at Girl Blueprint and email us at blackgirlblueprint at gmail.com. And if you like this episode, make sure, you know, let us know. Just subscribe, you know, leave a little review, you know, all of that. Give us five five stars or whatever. And yes, we will see you all next week. Okay. Yes. Bye, yeah. bye bye.
0: Bye. Bye. <laughs>